Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. So, Wynne, you had an idea of a topic for us to discuss that came up right before we hit record. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah. So, I notice it a lot with a lot of people that they continually run through a mistake that they've done in the past in their mind over and over and over again. And it feels like a number of um, things. Sometimes it's about punishment. Sometimes it's the hope of if I, if I really think about it over and over again, it's likely like it to happen again in the future. And it's interesting because when I'm saying it, that I notice it a lot with other people, I've got a really good track record of doing the same that I will replay my mistakes in inverted commas over and over and over in my head, sometimes for years, sometimes for decades. And it's, I just intrigues me. It just intrigues me. Now, if the thought system behind it is that I deserve to be punished, that might be one reason that we do it. And I think I've fallen into doing that for myself a few times self-flagellation just like getting your weapon do that for weeks if not longer and the other one is giving myself a hard time in, in the hope that i'm less likely to do it again in the future and i do know that's really flawed it's a flawed thought system because in my mind it's obvious to me having looked at how I learn and looked at how other people learn and change, change habits, change behaviors. Well, that isn't done by a repetition of feeling bad. We learn once. We don't need to relearn and relearn and relearn 20 times, or in my case, possibly, you know, stick another zero or two at the end of it in order to change for that to not happen again. So that thought system about um, in the hope that it won't, it's less likely for us to make the same make mistake again is invalid for two reasons. One is the one I've just mentioned, which is we learned the first time we noticed it, job done. And the second thing is weirdly, we're more likely to make the same mistake given the fact that we've now got a story about how terrible we are at doing this thing. It perpetuates itself in, in behaviors. And even if it isn't, even if it doesn't work that way, the fact is, if we're feeling bad about ourselves, we don't do as well. It's kind of, wouldn't take long for anyone listening to this to realize the worse we feel about ourselves, 
generally, the less well we do. So it's flawed there too. So that thought system of, I do it in order for me to not make the same mistake again, has no legs whatsoever. Yet innocently, I and lots of other people, and I was listening to lots of people over this past weekend, they have loads of stories about things that they keep repeating in their minds. And then the other one that I mentioned about punishment is an interesting one, a second kind of thought system as to why it, it may, might make sense for us consciously or subconsciously to keep berating ourselves for, for something we've done in the past that we rather we hadn't done. We forget the innocence of the moment. In that moment when we did what we did, given the thinking that we had and what was in front of us at that moment, that was the best that we had. And giving ourselves a hard time for the best that we could do in the moment is a really difficult way to live. Because effectively, if I'm doing that to myself, what I'm effectively telling myself is my best isn't good enough. Well, good luck with living like that. If my best isn't good enough, well, I'm in a total mess. Because my best has to be good enough. I mean, good enough, maybe not necessarily to, to win a championship if it's a sport or to, uh, or to be successful at everything that we do, but good enough given what we had available to us at that moment. It has to be good enough because it's the best must be so it intrigues me how many times i've seen me do that and how often i hear other people do their self-flagellating punishment if i repeat it in my head i will do it i'm less likely to do it again in the future anyway so that's my start of a 10. love to know what you think My experience with giving myself a hard time and I'm still seeing new things on this all the time so it wasn't most of the time specific to some past event and for the majority of my life up until I would say even within the last year I didn't realize how prevalent it was mm. So my experience with it had become so consistent in my life that it had become background noise to everything else because it was happening all the time. Wow. So from the moment my eyes, maybe even before my eyes would open up, it was... Um, it was a background noise of shoulds and not enoughs and wish I hads and this is not okay and look at this mess and it was a it was so much a part of my noise 
that I didn't hear it. I really didn't hear it most of the time until it was like, I, until I had moments where it, it's screaming. Like I, I didn't catch it, I didn't catch on to it. And then it was screaming and heavy. And so it wasn't about one thing in particular that I would go back and continually give myself a hard time about. It was a, it's like a walking conversation of my everyday, of needing my present moment to be different, needing me to be different, not enoughness. But I didn't see it till I could see it when. Mm. And when I really started to see how much my thinking was creating my feeling in the moment, mm. and that only started a few years ago, I still hadn't caught on to that because it was so much a part of it that I couldn't see it yet. And Maybe there's a, maybe there's no maybe. There's a wisdom inside of us that I think I wasn't ready to see it yet. Mm. I wasn't quite there yet. Mm. Couldn't have handled it yet. And so it stayed quiet and stayed present for, you know, a long time. Some things changed even within the last six months where I really saw it. It was crushing and I couldn't, I couldn't really uh, talk to anybody about it, but it was crushing. It was like, it was so crushing and loud, but I didn't, you know, I couldn't talk to anybody about it because that's also part of the stories we make up, right? Is that you're not really supposed to be dealing with these things. And, you know, it just adds into your story of, um, you have this amazing life. It's supposed to feel good. It's all part of the same noise. It's all part of the same noise. But I finally saw it for what it was and I'm still seeing it new all the time. So for me, it was um, like a huge part of the noise that began to fall away. And mine was just repetitive. It didn't matter what it was about. It just was this repetitive not enoughness. Mm. And my brain would pick up whatever it is that was in the moment that needed to not be enough and created a whole story of how it wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. This wasn't enough, whatever. So I feel like maybe it just comes down to a very simple, this is just what we pick up along the way. And it's maybe it's just repetitive and we just don't see that it's repetitive because it's now about something new. And so it seems new to us, but really it's just habitual thought, habitual noise. I don't know. The other thing that I'm really intrigued by in what you just shared, I think, I think what I heard, and I don't know if it's what you said or meant, but 
it fell away without you doing anything about it and it didn't need analysis. That's what I thought I heard. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do yeah, I didn't do anything but see it and I couldn't see it before I saw it. Yeah. And there's such a um a perfection in that timing that I needed it was almost like um not only could I not see it until it was there, but as soon as I saw that it was just more of the same story, wasn't anything fantastic or awesome or true, mm. it falls away and showed itself to be just as temporary as any other thought. <sighs> but I couldn't see it till I saw it. And that's where I think the innocence, mm. our innocence lies. I almost think that it had to get so loud. My life is completely different. My work is completely different. Simple tasks. Wonderful, mm. wonderful. Uh, to me, in, in listening to what you just said, it's really profound. Because one way I could summarize what I heard you say was I noticed it was thought. Couldn't be anything else. I know thought's transient and it disappears. That's one way of saying, of, of summarizing what I heard. And the other way that I could summarize it would be I suspect that what we all are looking for is to have more good feelings more of the time. I think that's the only thing we're up to, why we do anything. I suspect. Now, sometimes that's the long game. Sometimes I will, you know, do the hard yards in order to enjoy it. I get it, and that can be effective in some things. Yet, innocently yet purposefully, Making ourselves feel bad <laughs> in order to feel good makes zero sense. When you say it like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the chase, right? So if it's true that what I said earlier on, that you know what we'd all want more of is more good feelings more of the time, then purposefully reliving bad feelings it's just like, what the hell is that about? But we don't see it. We think it's, we think it's noble or a good idea. And so I, I agree with what you just said about the whole innocence of it. We don't know. We've, 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 we've built a, a habit on a false premise. We don't know that. Yeah, but it, but it can be so quickly kind of seen. And I remember vividly, um, in maths or math, depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on, in school, and I'd come back with, a, you know, a big score in the 90%. And then it was, well, what about the three you didn't get? You know, it was always strive more, not, and it sucked the joy out of the 97% that I got in an exam once, because it was, what about the three? It's like, the hell's that? But it, it, but it's that sort of subtle that can then, in my mind, potentially, and I, I don't know, 
but it seems plausible to me that that would have helped me then have that thought habit of the cup is 97% full, but the 3% empty is the what to focus on. And anything less than 100 isn't good enough, right? Now, I'd make that story up over a throwaway comment that someone else might have made to me, a teacher or one of my parents or my brother or anybody else. And I would have made a story about it, and then I would never have it about it. Before you know it, 40, 50 years later, what the hell am I up to? But again, I don't know if that's true, what happens. But I love noticing what you and I have been musing about and wondering about in the last 20 minutes or so, about that it, it, it doesn't really do us any good. It isn't helpful to give ourselves a hard time. And to the extent that we see that and or see that bad feelings are just telling us a story that we've made up that can't be true about ourselves, then they can pop. And they always will if we see that. They will fade away. The thing with that, as we live these life experiences that are so unique, interesting to see if we're lucky enough to see what kind of things have dropped into our our white noise of our life. And I really appreciate and found such gratitude for the wisdom that allows that allows us to see if we're looking, if we're open. Because that, and this is a little bit like what we talked about before we started, that's the nature of insight is that you don't see it until you see it from inside. It's a sight that comes from a different part of who we are. And then when we see it, there's still nothing to do, to wrestle to the ground or to figure out or to fix. And part of what allowed me, and this may not be the case with anyone else, But what allowed me to actually see my experience is not only how loud it got and how uncomfortable it got, but I came to the place where I had to be willing to sit in that uncomfortable feeling. I had been avoiding uncomfortable feelings Mm. my whole life. And there was something about, okay, I am absolutely believing this and it feels really, really uncomfortable. Am I okay just to sit here in this? Is this gonna literally destroy me? And something about being able to sit in that and not need it to be any different, not needing to change it or avoid it, sit in it and honor in it, because that's, that's what we pick up. We don't know it just life, just living lives. But I had to, for me, I had to be able just to sit in it and honor that that's one thing that I picked up in my life, unknowingly. And something about being willing to do that and not push it away or change it, it was like, and it changed everything. Mm. Yeah, was, um, and I love what you said. And also, there's a part of me that would think, well, wait a minute. 
if I was listening to this, I might have made up that we've been saying totally opposite things in the last five minutes. So on the one hand, we're saying, hey, don't bother with bad feelings. They don't do any good. And you just said, well, wait a minute. There could be something useful there. And they both could be true. Because this is not about, this is the prescription for how to live or how to deal with our emotions and feelings. This is a way of just taking a look at with perspective and philosophically and reflectively as opposed to analytically and personally into what's going on for me? Wait a minute, there's a feeling here I'm avoiding. There may be something there. Wait a minute, there's a feeling here I keep doing. What the hell's that about? So the, the, the last sentence in each of those kind of observations of ourselves from that reflective perspective, philosophical point of view, um, will vary. That's called wisdom. Wisdom is very flexible. It doesn't give us the same answer all the time because that would not be wisdom. I don't know what we'd call it. We would all, we, it would be called binary, right? We'd be robotic if that was true. We would be computers. If then. If this, then this. And if the first part of it is the same, then the second half is always the same. But that's just not true. If feel bad, then avoid. Huh? No. Sometimes it's, hmm, that's interesting. If feel bad, what am I keep doing that for? Huh. It's just curious. And being curious, in my mind, is what can then provide the insights that you've just been mentioning that has changed the last six months of the white noise. And for me, the noticing, geez, you know, certainly every week that there's something that's worth noticing about. Whether it's with me or other people, but maybe maybe it comes down to this. Curiosity brings amazing rewards. And curiosity is what exists when we're not thinking thickly. Or trying to know. Trying to figure it all out in order to be perfect. That's what comes to mind right now anyway. Honestly, all I know is that I'm glad it's not on me to figure out how to deal with it all. How to see it, it's not on me. That's oh, so thank true. God. And that's how I know so often, just like in that other podcast, how well held. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I love yeah. that I have to do it. I think you just nailed something so important to me that I keep forgetting. I don't have to figure any of it out. Thank God. It's not on me. Not even what we see or when we see it. Yep.
how well held, using your words from just now from a previous episode, answers that, which is why it's not on you, it's not on me. It's how we're made. It takes care of that. What we're of. That feels really expensive. I'm glad you said that. Thank you, Kate. As always, such a fun, meandering conversation that that we have. And I hope you listening, you've got something from it and enjoyed spending this bit of time with us as well today. Thanks, Kate. You've been listening to this week's episode of Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host here, Kate Roberts. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to ask or ideas that you'd like us to talk about over an episode, then please do get in touch. Our contact details are at the trail of the audio of this and they're in the description of the podcast or on YouTube below or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'll speak, and we'll speak to you again real soon. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.